What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. Now, no one expected the enormity of the Marvel Phase 4 slash Phase 5 announcement just a couple of weeks ago at the Investors Day meeting and what goes hand in hand with brand new franchises on Disney Plus and of course, new teams added to the MCU our new actors and actresses to take all of these roles. And today we're going to bounce around the industry insider circuit, three new announcements, two pertaining to new actors that could be entering the MCU. And we'll speculate a little bit about what roles they might be taking if they do indeed ever sign. And of course, the return of John Bernthal's Punisher and where he may show up again, coming from several industry insider sources. We're going to break down all the brand new casting reports. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're still giving away this insane one fourth scale beta ray bill, as well as our third and final in Infinity Saga box set in just days on New Year's Eve. We've also added a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then leave a comment down below. And if you want, stick around at the end of the video. We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So of the three names mentioned in the prologue, Keanu Reeves and John Bernthal back as Punisher, and we're going to get to both of those. There's only one name that's truly new and fresh being linked to a Marvel role, and one name we haven't reported on in the last almost three years here at the channel, Marvel Studios in talks with Joseph Gordon-Levitt for an unnamed project. Now, that headline's a bit of a stretch, and I chased this news story all the way to the original article coming from Charlie Murphy, industry insider over at Murphy's Multiverse, which I will leave a link to the original scoop down in the description below where he reports quote early on Christmas morning I was notified that the uber talented Joseph Gordon-Levitt had recently been in contact with at least one of the creatives at Marvel Studios then goes on to clarify that that's the entirety of the report and without any context or further details that could mean a whole ton of things so when you see a headline like he's in talks for an unnamed project that's a bit of a stretch but you guys know this is how it starts and if Mahershala Ali could walk in and say that he wanted to be Blade, if Marvel Studios is already interested and he's interested as well, then there's a chance that he could end up in a Marvel role. It would make a lot of sense for an actor who had already shown up in a comic book movie in the Dark Knight trilogy but wasn't really done any justice and would be a great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, the second report comes from industry insider Mikey Sutton. In a re-report of an original exclusive, again coming from small screen, which is a relative newcomer to the Hollywood trade scene, but has been extremely accurate for the short time they have been on the scene, which makes me give this story just a little more reverence, that being reported that Keanu Reeves is in talks with Marvel Studios to star in a Disney Plus role, and that Disney Plus role could indeed be Ghost Rider. Now, he has been linked to so many roles in the MCU. I make jokes about this all the time, and if you have any doubt, you can just check Google. There is so much concept art of Keanu Reeves as a Marvel superhero. It's actually kind of funny. He's been linked to Moon Knight. He's been linked to Ghost Rider, several others in the past. This is not exactly new, and he would be in a great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It does give me pause, though. I think of him more as a theater actor. I don't really care about the current climate or the future, quote-unquote, of what's going on with film more just putting him on a Disney Plus series seems well not exactly where they would have him best fitted but Ghost Rider could be set up for some of those future franchises and crossovers so that's where they'd want him either way that would be another huge addition to the MCU Kevin Feige in the past has actually confirmed that they talk with Keanu Reeves all the time looking for that right role I think Ghost Rider is a role we would all love to see him in and very hopefully soon we can get some confirmations of this stuff as all these new series are going to go to production and filming in the next 24 months so they're going to have to have these roles cast and one of the biggest rumors has always been Ghost Rider appearing in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness 
Meaning if there's a chance he's going to be in that role, he would need to be cast for that film, but that is purely speculation. And speaking of which, as I mentioned moments ago in this video and this next report of John Bernthal returning as Punisher coming from the same source, and as I said, small screen nailed a Fantastic Four report and in the same week real recently. But still, guys, remember to take these as rumors and speculation. Uh, they don't have a track record over at small screen and until confirmed officially by Marvel Studios, but that John Bernthal could be returning to Marvel Studios for Disney Plus. This is what they had to say, quote, John Bernthal and Marvel Studios are in talks, which could result in the actor coming back to play the Punisher in the MCU. I then pressed the source for information on whether these talks are for a movie or a TV show and they had to add this. As it stands, this would be for an appearance in one of the upcoming Disney Plus shows, but that could evolve into an appearance in the movies also. And that last bit, that's not information at all. We already know the interconnectedness and the fact that these Disney Plus shows are going to cross over with the movies. If he's the Punisher in the MCU, he's the Punisher in the MCU. I'm not sure who their sources are over at small screen. Like I said, they just came on the scene within the last six months. They did nail that Fantastic Four report, but this John Bernthal report, this is also not the first time his name's coming up, is coming back to the MCU. We actually covered an interview where he said real recently and publicly that he was open to do it. And of course, we all know that of all the fan favorites from the leftover Netflix shows, John Bernthal's Punisher and Charlie Cox's Daredevil are the fans' choices to be recast. I could see him still coming back as this character. I could see Marvel Studios wanting it to happen. I'm not sure how they would put this on Disney Plus or make a family-friendly Punisher show, and as I've said several times at the channel over the last 18 months, I think it's high time they actually do a rated R label. There's been rumors of this, we've covered those reports at the channel, but a majority of the MCU's demographic as fans, even though they are definitely trying to reach young kids with the upcoming Young Avengers and some of the shows they're putting on Marvel like Miss Marvel, but a majority of the demographic that follows the MCU that's been with it since the beginning are well over the age of being able to watch rated R films with the success of Daredevil and Wolverine in the mainstream. I don't see why this can't happen. I just doubt that Disney Plus is the place that you're going to see this Punisher show. Hopefully they are going to release a Disney Max or a Disney Plus 18 section like we've reported, but only time will tell. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down below on all this casting information. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, if joining the MCU, what role would you like to see him in? I definitely see him as a Mr. Fantastic, but hopefully John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are going to take the two roles as Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic. Again, only time will tell with this stuff. Do you like Keanu Reeves as Ghost Rider? Is there a different role like Silver Surfer that you would rather see him in? And as far as John Bernthal back as the pun, well, I think I know how we all feel about that. We're all for it. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down below. And quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. All right, we're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale Beta Ray Bill, as well as our third and final Infinity Saga box set. We're doing that giveaway on New Year's Eve, which is just a couple days away, regardless of the subscriber count. So if you still want to get in for that, or we've added a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers. If you want to be entered to win any of the prizes here at the channel currently, or any of the future prizes, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button because you need to be a subscriber, then leave a comment down below. Generally, I'll give you an idea, but if you can't think of anything, just comment on your favorite Spider-Man. It's a good go-to. Also, because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. Now, the easiest way to do that is to make sure you hit that notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the content. Of course, if you enjoyed today's video or our other videos, I would always appreciate it if you hit that like button. My name's Michael Roman. You can find me over on Instagram at IamFires. You can find me on Spotify with original music, including this banger you hear right here over on Spotify under All Fires or on Twitch streaming live under twitch.tv forward slash Novellan. There are links in the description to all three guys. Thanks for checking out the channel and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon.
What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman. Now, as suspected, when today's Marvel's presentation came today on Billy Billy, which is the network that Disney and Marvel Studios bought in lieu of not being able to have Disney Plus over in China, it was a musical presentation and some people assumed from the way that they worded it, there was a possibility we were getting some new trailers. Now, I said from the beginning of the week and I'm on record that there would be no Spider-Man trailer here. Sony isn't going to release this during a Marvel presentation and not going to do it internationally for a limited number of eyes, especially on New Year's Eve. And so the Spider-Man trailer is not coming before the end of the year as indicated by the marketing executive Victoria Alonso just a couple of months ago. However, we have some awesome opportunities in the early part of next year before the spring even hits for Sony to release said trailer. We're going to break down the most likely opportunity from that. And remember guys, although we didn't get any new Marvel trailers, we're less than a week or two away from that dropping on Disney Plus WandaVision. We're going to break it all down and when we think the Spider-Man trailer will drop, now that it's obvious it's not coming before the end of the year. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, at the end of this video we're announcing the winners for the 1 4th scale Beta Ray Bill as well as our 3rd and 5th final infinity saga box set we're also giving away a playstation 5 all you have to do to be entered to win hit the subscribe button then leave a comment down below and if you want stick around at the end of the video when we announce the winners for the beta ray bill and the final infinity saga box set now, if you got disappointed because you were expecting a Spider-Man trailer, I was really only disappointed on Christmas. That's the day I honestly thought it was coming out. And as I made mention, on that day, there was no chance a Spider-Man trailer was ever coming today. That's Sony's deal, and this was a Marvel presentation. That's why you never heard about any of the Spider-Man movies at SDC 2019 or the most recent Phase 4, Phase 5 slate announcement. That's Sony's handling, not Marvel's, and this was a Marvel presentation. However, right around the corner, we have a brand new film coming out from Sony adjacent to the Spider-Verse in Morbius. And there is no better opportunity for Sony to release the upcoming first look at Spider-Man 3 than with Morbius or shortly after that Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage as these adjacent Spider-Verse films would be able to host the Spider-Man trailer, make it inclusive and draw more eyes to these properties which is what they're attempting to do. Now Marvel has always been really good about not letting upcoming projects overshadow current ones but Sony doesn't have well that same touch and class they couldn't even stop themselves from putting the vulture in the very first Morbius trailer instead of saving the reveal that these were interconnected they had to force it out immediately they're going to want to cross over Spider-Man ASAP however they can a Peter Parker at that that's why I would suspect that the Spider-Man 3 trailers most likely place of release will be attached to the beginning of Morbius and or Venom 2 let there be carnage in the upcoming early part of 2021 Sony's going to want to get a first look out there ASAP especially with all the Marvel and MCU releases coming this year that's the most likely opportunity for it and it makes a lot of sense a lot more sense than today at Marvel's international presentation when everybody's busy doing other things surrounding the new year guys let me know all your thoughts down below how hype you are for spider-man 3 if you followed this channel and knew not to get your hopes up for today's trailer i've been saying that for the last week and stick around we're going to be posting again real real soon on some very interesting theories pertaining to spider-man the mcu and what's really going on with wandavision doctor strange and the multiverse of madness and of course the in-between film spider-man 3 guys let me know all your thoughts down below and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff before i let you go now firstly a huge thank you to everyone 
everyone at the channel that has helped build this channel as fast as it has built. It's insane to me how many subscribers we pick up a day, how fast this is going on our way up to a million. In the meantime, we're giving away a bunch of new prizes this year, including the PlayStation 5s. We'll be adding a ton of other Marvel-related stuff, but for now, we are giving away our one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. So without much further ado, the winner for the Beta Ray Bill is Mesomorpheus for this comment here. When if this airs, it should be good, referring to the Nick Fury Disney Plus series speculation. And the winner of the Infinity Saga box set is this comment here. Great video and thanks for the awesome content from the winner named Jordan Scott on the video referring to the upcoming Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer. If you guys can go ahead and contact me on my business email or DM me on Instagram, I am Fires. I'll go ahead and get your addresses, get these prizes out to you ASAP. And if you're still watching right now, we're still giving away a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers, and including tomorrow, we're going to announce some brand new Marvel of prizes. All you have to do to be entered to win, hit the subscribe button, then leave a comment down below. And because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, just like you saw here, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of videos just like this. And if you've missed those previous winner announcements, just scroll back through the channel, make sure to hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the content and if you enjoyed today's video as always make sure to hit the like button my name is michael roman this is everything always you guys can find me over on instagram at i am fires over on spotify with original music under all fires or streaming on twitch twitch.tv forward slash nevellen thanks for checking out the channel stick around we'll be posting again real real soon
What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman. That was the entire musical presentation by Marvel Studios on Billy Billy for the 2021 New Year's celebration. Now Kevin Feige had mentioned that it may come with a glimpse of what's to come in the future for the MCU, but as you saw there, there was no new clips or footage or even trailers to speak of. Either way, it was an amazing ensemble of all the themes we're familiar with from the Infinity Saga and definitely look forward to more of these to come as Marvel Studios does them quite often with international ensembles. Guys, let me know what you think of this performance down below and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff here at the channel. We're still giving away a PlayStation 5 at the 800,000 subscriber mark and a ton of new prizes this year. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then leave a comment down below and because it's truly random, the more videos you comment here at the channel, the better chance you have of winning. Then make sure to hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the content. Of course, if you enjoy what we do here at the channel, please, we'd appreciate it if you'd hit the like button. My name is Michael Roman. You can find me over on Instagram at IamFires, on Spotify with original music like the song you hear here under All Fires, or even streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Novellan. There are links down in the description to all three. Thanks for checking out everything all week, guys, and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. Welcome back, everyone. It's Charlie. This is going to be my new Marvel Fantastic Four teaser trailer video for the stuff that they dropped earlier. They dropped a bunch of Marvel Phase 4 trailers, and there's a bunch of Fantastic Four stuff in there. No surprise, because it's going to be a really big deal in a couple years. So we'll break it all down. There's a bunch of big Marvel stuff starting with WandaVision episodes in a couple weeks. I will be doing videos for all those episodes, so be sure to subscribe to get all those. And there's supposed to be some special Marvel Phase 4 trailer event on New Year's Eve in a couple of days, December 31st. So whatever footage that they release, of course, I'll do videos for that too. But most of you probably saw Kevin Feige and Marvel recently released this teaser trailer for the new Marvel Fantastic Four reboot movie. And finally, I'm happy to announce a film about one of the truly iconic Marvel families. In fact, Marvel's first family, Fantastic Four. We're working on a feature now, and it will be directed by the director of our recent Spider-Man films, John Watts. We've got a lot in store at Marvel Studios, and Disney Plus is key to the interconnection and expansion of the MCU. It will be home for both our feature films and our series for years and years to come. One of the things I think people missed when he was announcing that Fantastic Four movie is that he said that Disney Plus would obviously be key to setting all that stuff up. That includes the new version of the Fantastic Four. So that'll all play out during some of these early Marvel Phase 4 series like I'll talk about during this video. But he also announces that John Watts, director of the Spider-Man movies, is going to be doing the movie, currently finishing Spider-Man 3 with Tom Holland right now. And if the news is to be believed, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and every person who's ever been in a Spider-Man movie ever. It literally seems like everybody who's ever even whispered the words Spider-Man is getting a cameo in that movie. But after they release Spider-Man 3 in December 2021, that's when John Watts will start working on the new Marvel Fantastic Four movie, which means we'll probably be watching it by spring 2023. But as a lot of you have seen, there have already been a lot of big Marvel Phase 4 Easter eggs and teasers for the Fantastic Four. We just saw a bunch of new ones in the new Marvel Phase 4 trailers they released a couple weeks ago. 
Marvel's kind of doing the same thing that they did with the Infinity Saga movies, setting up the Infinity Stones and Thanos in the background years and years before you ever actually saw them in a legit movie. Like we got a little teaser for Thanos at the end of the first Avengers movie, but he didn't actually show up as a real character in a movie till Guardians of the Galaxy. The biggest Fantastic Four Easter eggs so far start with Spider-Man Far From Home, so no big surprise that the director of the new Fantastic Four movie would have baked in some references to one of his upcoming projects, knowing that he'd be doing the reboot movie once they finish the MCU Spider-Man trilogy. And just to be clear, just because John Watts is moving on from Spider-Man after Spider-Man 3, that doesn't mean it's the end of Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the MCU. So even if they don't do legit Spider-Man 4 in the MCU, Tom Holland will still show up in Avengers 5, show up in other people's movies, but that he also might come back for a cameo in the new Fantastic Four movie because he'd been working with John Watts for so many years now. Everyone cue the hype train for the bombastic Bagman in the MCU now. But the first three big Fantastic Four Easter eggs in Spider-Man Far From Home all happen in rapid succession right at the end of the movie when Spider-Man swings down to the newly redesigned Avengers Tower. Ever since they released that movie 84 years ago, people have been wondering what they're going to do with the Avengers Tower now that somebody else bought it from Iron Man. Would it be Norman Osborn and Oscorp who bought it because this is all happening in a Spider-Man movie? Would it be Black Panther because he's one of the only other people in the MCU that has that kind of money to throw around? Or would it be Reed Richards and the Future Foundation? I think we can probably say long term, regardless of who owns it right now, for the next couple of years, eventually it will probably become the new Baxter building. Because Kevin Feige is a huge Fantastic Four fan and he said that they're doing everything that they can at Marvel to ensure that the new movies with the Fantastic Four will bring them up to the level that they deserve as Marvel's first family. And one of the ways you do that is you give them this iconic landmark that used to represent the Avengers, one of the biggest teams in the MCU. So the Fantastic Four now seems like the new biggest team in the MCU before Avengers 5 comes along. Then sort of continuing this theme of setting up the Fantastic Four, the next big Easter egg is the construction sign. So when he swings down, you see the one, two, three, and question mark instead of the four with the different colors. The text reads, we can't wait to show you what comes next. Obviously, that's a reference to a bunch of different things in Marvel Phase 4. It's a reference to Marvel Phase 4 itself, like we can't wait to show you all the new movies and Disney Plus Avengers spinoff series that we're doing right now. But as you probably spotted, the four numbers and the colors of the numbers also correspond to the power sets of the Fantastic Four. So the one is red, represents Human Torch. The two, yellow, represents the thing. Three, blue, Mr. Fantastic. And the reason why you don't see the four, it's a question mark, is because it's meant to represent the invisible woman. It's invisible, so you can't see the four. Then the last little Easter egg here is when he swings down and they stand on the street corner here at the intersection of East 41st and Library Way. That's actually near Yancey Street in the comics where the comic book version of the Baxter building resides. Then the next big Fantastic Four Easter eggs and teasers that we see are in the Marvel Phase 4 trailers that they also release at this big Disney event, mostly for Kang the Conqueror, one of the MCU's upcoming bigger time travel villains. He's big enough to be a Thanos-level threat, but because they're introducing him so soon, I don't think he's going to be the next Thanos. And in the role of Kang the Conqueror, we have a great actor, Jonathan Majors. MCU Kang the Conqueror is being played by Jonathan Majors, who you may remember from Lovecraft County. He's an amazing actor, so I'm really excited to see what they do with this version of the character. He's going to be the main villain of Ant-Man 3, Quantumania. He's a big young Avengers villain too, so because they totally recast Cassie Lang with Catherine Newton, a bigger actress, a lot of people, myself included, think that it's because they're slowly putting together a young Avengers team across all the new Marvel Phase 4 younger characters in the Disney Plus series. 
But the big connection between Kang and the Fantastic Four is that Kang is a time traveler from the very, very distant future and his real name before he started calling himself Kang was Nathaniel Richards, a distant descendant of Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. We actually got the news that he was going to be Kang before they announced their new Fantastic Four movie officially, so we just felt like this was all leading towards Fantastic Four eventually anyway. You mess with time, it tends to mess back. You'll see. Famous almost last words from Iron Man during Avengers Endgame, so you can kind of see how they're sort of leading into Kang being another big villain coming up, and more Fantastic Four Easter eggs. The Avengers start messing with the quantum realm, quantum energy, time travel, alternate realities, Kang is the other side of that. That's why they're using him as the main villain for Ant-Man 3. But the next big Fantastic Four Easter egg is that Ant-Man 3 isn't going to be the first time that we hear about Kang the Conqueror. We're actually supposed to get our first taste of that during the Loki series in May when they start releasing those episodes. Loki from Avengers Endgame steals the Tesseract, the Space Stone, and winds up getting caught by the Time Variance Authority. They're kind of like the Time Masters of the MCU, the Time Cops, the Time Lords. Make all the references you want. He's forced to go hunt down and stop alternate versions of himself, other Lokis from other timelines, alternate realities, from wreaking havoc on time itself. The one common denominator across all the trailers that you see is that in these different scenes, it seems like the Earth becomes a wasteland, completely destroyed. So the idea is that these other Lokis are messing with time in alternate realities, and whatever they do leads to the utter destruction of the Earth. Because of course it would, we're talking about Loki here, putting him in charge is literally the worst thing you could possibly do. So you wind up with this funny situation where Loki is both the hero and the villain of his series. But the Time Variance Authority monitors all time travel, all timelines in existence in the multiverse, so they clock time travel villains like Kang the Conqueror. Kang wears different faces across different timelines. You see three very Kang-like faces in the judge's chamber here up in the top carved into the wood. So we'll just get more early Kang the Conqueror in the Loki series, helping set him up so that everyone knows who he is when he shows up in Ant-Man 3 further down the road, and that'll be more of a lead-in for Fantastic Four. Like I said, Infinity Saga, teasing the Infinity Stones, eventually Thanos, and then giving us full Infinity Gauntlet. I don't know if he's actually supposed to appear on screen during the Loki series or if they'll just reference him, but the episodes will be here in May, so we won't have to wait very long to find out what's going on with that series. As for Fantastic Four casting news, Kevin Feige said a while ago that they hadn't started casting yet. They probably kind of have an idea of who they're looking at right now. As for John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, because there's been so much fan art of them as the Fantastic Four for the past couple of years, there are rumors that they'll have Marvel cameos, but the rumors are actually for Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse of Madness in that they'd be playing alternate versions of Captain America and Black Widow because once upon a time, way back during Marvel Phase 1, they were both almost cast as those characters before they got married to each other. John Krasinski wound up losing out on the role to Chris Evans, and Emily Blunt actually turned down the Black Widow role in Iron Man 2, and then that's when Marvel went to Scarlett Johansson. Having a big audience for you must be a cool thing. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm excited. Good for I'm you. Excited. You made it, Chris. We'll see how it goes. You know, fingers crossed. Everyone let me know in the comments, who do you want to play the new version of the Fantastic Four? All the Marvel WandaVision episodes are going to start in a couple weeks. Of course, I'll be doing videos for that, so make sure you have alerts enabled for my channel so you don't miss any of those. There's also going to be two prequel episodes next week for a series called Marvel Legends for them. I don't know exactly what that's going to be, but of course I'll do videos for it, so there'll be two episodes of that. Then the week after that is when WandaVision Episode 1 starts. Everyone click here for my full Loki trailer video and Easter eggs, and click here for my new Mandalorian Season 3 Luke Skywalker video. Thank you so much for watching. Everyone stay safe. I'll see you guys tonight.
What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman and today we have an absolute bombshell of a leak coming to us from none other than the infamous, ubiquitous, but also anonymous Roger Wardell. And if you're not familiar with his name, we'll fill you in as to who that is and why his leaks are given so much reverence. But in this huge leak today about the Falcon in the Winter Soldier, he points to major narrative themes, brand new supervillain teams, the introduction of new superheroes in which actress is playing said hero, and also plot points that lead directly to the introduction of Wolverine. We're going to break down the entirety of this leak, read through it word for word, try to contextualize it where we can, and of course, issue the normal spoiler warning, even fill you in as to who this Roger Wardell guy is. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set tomorrow on New Year's Eve. We've also added a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit the subscribe button, then leave a comment down below. And if you want, stick around to the end of the video. We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So first up, and as always with plot leaks of this nature, the normal spoiler warning, remember to take anything that doesn't come directly from Marvel Studios with a grain of salt, but also some of these leaks have come true in the past. And when speaking about Roger Wardell, that is especially the case. If you're not familiar with this name, Roger Wardell was the anonymous tweeter all the way back in late 2017 who was spilling details about Avengers Endgame and not just overarching details like the Avengers win, but stuff like Thor is going to get fat, stuff none of us knew and none of us foresaw in any of our theories. There were a ton of them and what was also crazy was none of his tweets seemingly were wrong. He only had about seven or eight about Avengers Endgame every single one of them were correct. Now that account went dark completely right before the San Diego Comic-Con 2019 announcement, but he immediately started on another account and since then has been speaking about all of the Phase 4 properties today's regarding Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Again, remember he has stayed anonymous now for three plus years, but has an absolutely accurate track record. That being said, if this is in any way going to ruin your Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Marvel Phase 4 experience, you might want to back out now. The leak starts with, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is about the family lives of the main protagonists. Yes, both of them. Winter Soldier will be in a huge surprise to learn that he has a granddaughter. Rebecca Ricky Barnes will be portrayed by none other than Ari Kellyman. Now, Freaky Barnes doesn't ring a bell, and admittedly, it didn't for me. She first showed up in Captain America Volume 2, number 1, that was November of 1996, a Jeff Loeb and Rob Liefeld-created character. Yes, that Rob Liefeld, the same who made Deadpool. She was established as a Counter-Earth incarnation of Bucky during the 1996 Heroes Reborn storyline. Ricky crossed over to Earth-616, what's considered our main continuity in the Marvel Universe, and something akin to what we see as the main continuity in the MCU. In the 2008 Onslaught Reborn miniseries, in which she operated as Nomad for a time, we'll get back to that, later joining the Exiles in another reality, and then eventually Future Foundation in the mainstream Marvel Universe. Now, that's a lot to swallow, but you know they've done this in the past, used whichever and whatever versions of characters to serve their own narrative when they need to, even conflating characters in the past, and we've seen this happen a lot with villains. Why I made sure to say that we would get back to Nomad was twofold. Nomad, not Ronin. No Nomad is a mantle worn by a ton of characters in the Marvel Universe, everyone from Steve Rogers to, well, Ricky Barnes, and we've even had rumors 
of a future Nomad series in development for Disney+, Plus, it would be interesting to see this introduction of the character, which could lead to Aaron Kellyman's own series on Disney+, Plus. but again, that is purely speculation and something that is pretty far down the totem pole as far as the rumor mill. However, I will make sure to say that this does make a lot of sense because the MCU using family to ground their characters and give their characters, especially their heroes, stakes is something they've been doing since the beginning of the Infinity Saga, and it's worked all the way up until now. You can imagine they're going to continue this theme going, and if you've never thought about it, go ahead and think about all your favorite Marvel characters and which family member they had to give them stakes and tie them to the real world. And in something like Captain Marvel, where that wasn't immediately presented and perhaps we should have gotten an introduction to her family and or friends earlier in the film, you saw how fans sort of didn't have the chance to connect with that character and understand her motivations and her stakes. Again, this has worked for the MCU for a long time and that would make sense in context of this plot leak for the upcoming series. Now the next part goes on to say Sam and Bucky are tasked to build a team capable of stopping the world party. In order to achieve this, they'll need to infiltrate and work with as many different mercenaries often gathered around criminal groups and clans. One of the episodes will focus on Serpent Society. Now, aside from the specific Serpent Society mentioned, we've also had rumors of characters like Omega Red, and we see them here in Madripoor, which is a famous criminal city. The chances of them joining forces with a lot of villains, as we've already seen and confirmed with Baron Zemo from the trailer footage we already have, that is going to happen and obviously they're going to sort of bend the rules where they need to but that's going to be in Falcon and Bucky's well what should I say not their best interest but right in line with what they've already been doing Falcon and Winter Soldier have basically been war criminals and or wanted terrorists in the U.S. well since the middle of the Infinity Saga going all the way back to Civil War at least for Sam Wilson them not operating directly under the strict pretenses of the law is something they've grown accustomed to and especially if he's going to be rebuked for the man and the shield well if he's got to stop something and whatever he's got to do to do it that's going to be the theme underlying this show and that's what seems to be implied here regardless of which specific villains and criminals we meet that they're teaming up with it's more about Sam Wilson understanding he has to do what he has to do to be a hero and not necessarily conform to with whatever powers that be which could easily be something like exactly what we saw with Thunderbolt Ross and the Sokovia Accords all the way back in Civil War now the last part of the leak points directly to Logan Wolverine quote the fight against terrorism as well as the weapon plus program are both the pivotal themes in the Falcon in the Winter Soldier the main bad is the leader of a political group called the World Party now aside from the World Party's introduction and him saying that it's not only against terrorism abroad but terrorism domestically with the weapon plus program we assume that thunderbolt ross will have something to do with that as he is on an ever quest to not only control which superheroes already exist but to become one himself obviously leading to his transformation of the red hulk down the road but the weapons plus program in case this is brand new to you and guys let's not take for granted that some mcu fans are not old comic heads or diehards the weapons plus program quote is a fictional clandestine program appearing in marvel comics it was created by grant morrison during his new x-men run the purpose the purpose of this program is the creation of super soldiers intended to fight the wars of the future especially a mutant human war weapon x 
the organization's most well-known program, was originally the 10th installation, but eventually it branched off and became an independent group, Weapon X, of course, leading directly to Wolverine. And we've known from previous leaks about this show, there's a chance that Bucky isn't going to want to be a part of this program or be injected like Cap. Part of his inner conflict will be the struggle to not want to be a part of that. He'll also have the prime examples of not only Steve Rogers, but Bucky Barnes as well, as what examples of what can happen when you're not in control and working for a program like this. There are a lot of layers to it, but obviously Weapon X is synonymous with the introduction of Wolverine, not just them being in the city of Madripoor and the other players that come into play like Omega Red, classic Wolverine villains, but if they should be talking about Weapons Plus and Weapon X as a main theme in this show, we all know where that is going and it's super exciting because it's going straight to Wolverine. Guys, let me know all your thoughts down in the comments about the entirety of this leak and all the details included. How hype are you for this show and do you think there's a chance we might actually be introduced to this character during Disney Plus. I know it would be quite a stretch to be this early in Marvel Phase 4, but they're definitely laying the groundwork. Guys, let me know all your thoughts and quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away this insane one-fourth scale Beta Ray Bill as well as our third and final Infinity Saga box set tomorrow on New Year's Eve. We've also added a PlayStation 5 at 800,000 subscribers. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do, hit that subscribe button, then leave a comment down below. And because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of videos the same way we'll do in tomorrow's video. Make sure to hit that notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the content to help you do that. And of course, if you enjoyed today's video or the content we released at this channel, I'd appreciate it if you'd hit the like button. My name's Michael Roman. You can find me over on Instagram at IamFires, over on Spotify with my original music under All Fires, or on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Novellan. Thanks for checking out the channel, guys, and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. Welcome back everyone, it's Charlie. This is going to be my new Spider-Man 3 video and I'll explain what's happening with the future of Spider-Man in the MCU after this, in the future of Spider-Man movies in general. There's going to be some big changes and there's an important reason why they're rolling so hard on Spider-Verse during Spider-Man 3. I know everyone's hoping for a new Spider-Man 3 teaser trailer of some sort really soon. They're about due for some news. But if you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe to get all the videos. Of course, I'll do videos for anything that they release. Obviously, they're going to be filming Spider-Man 3 for a while, but they do have enough footage to actually release a trailer if they wanted to. As you've seen the past few months, more and more characters from the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies have been added to Spider-Man 3. And like clockwork, Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, even Kirsten Dunst cameos were announced recently. Most of the reports are saying that Tobey Maguire is still getting ready to sign his contract, but just hasn't quite done that yet. But he was seen at a costume fitting, so it does seem like he's eventually going to be a lock for a cameo in the movie. One of my new favorite jokes, though, is that there are so many cameos that it seems like are happening in this movie. The one that people are most hyped up about is Tom Holland hopefully getting a cameo in his own movie. 
But even before all this Spider-Verse stuff, there were all these Sinister Six things that the Sony people were talking about, so we knew that they were eventually going to build up to a Spider-Man vs. the Sinister Six movie. So why then are they pivoting to all this Spider-Verse stuff too? Why do you need to add that into the mix if you're already doing something as big as Spider-Man vs. the Sinister Six in the MCU? They totally don't need to roll that hard. There are a couple important reasons why they're doing this, setting up the next 10 years of Spider-Man for practical plot reasons, but also there are a lot of financial reasons why they would roll so hard on Spider-Verse so quickly. Amy Pascal said a couple years ago after the animated Spider-Verse movie was released, it was so well received, one of the best Spider-Man movies of all time, that the studio had also been thinking about doing live-action Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but at the time the producers of the animated Spider-Verse movie said that Sony had blocked their attempts to do cameo scenes with Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire saying that it was too soon to put them all in a movie, but this is a couple years ago. At one point I was supposed to be in it. Yeah, there was going to be another Peter Parker, right. like, it was like a scene in a train oh, like station or something, and, and like, it was, it was going to be like a, like an Easter egg. I was going to walk through the background and say like, hey kid, or something, and never happened. <sighs> I'm heartbroken. That was just Tom Holland talking about this deleted scene in the subway that you saw during the Spider-Verse trailers that didn't make it into the actual movie. That's where his cameo scene would have happened. But then a couple years go by, and Kevin Feige at Comic-Con 2019, which feels like it was almost a million years ago at this point, remember when we used to go to conventions? He talked about how the concept of the multiverse would be a big trope of Marvel Phase 4, starting with the WandaVision episodes, her alternate TV-looking reality where she brings Vision to life and magics up her two mutant children from the comics, Wiccan and Speed, or Billy and Tommy. Then they announced Doctor Strange 2 into the multiverse of madness is going to be peak multiverse craziness in the MCU, and then announced that Sam Raimi himself, Mr. Spider-Man from back in the day, is going to direct the movie. People start wondering if he's going to include Tobey Maguire cameos during that, but then the rumors about Spider-Verse Easter eggs in Spider-Man 3 start. So it all starts to make sense, things come into shape. Way more multiverse than you ever expected in Spider-Man, but it makes sense given how the multiverse is going to affect the story of all the Marvel Phase 4 movies and Disney Plus series in some ways, some more than others. And because there's a mystery crossover movie on the Sony Marvel sharing contract for Spider-Man, there's two movies, there's Spider-Man 3 and a mystery crossover movie, now it seems like that unannounced mystery crossover movie is going to be Doctor Strange 2. So Spider-Man will go from Spider-Man 3, and now because of the way they've rearranged the Marvel schedule, Doctor Strange 2 comes out right after that, he'll just cameo in that, just like Thor crossed over into the first Doctor Strange movie, then Doctor Strange showed up during Thor Ragnarok. And while this is all happening, in the background, you have John Watts, the director of the Spider-Man movies in the Marvel Universe, slowly transitioning away and pivoting to the Fantastic Four franchise. So where does that leave Spider-Man solo movies going forward after Spider-Man 3? Marvel still wants to have Spider-Man in the MCU for the rest of time, if possible. I mean, they'd probably buy Sony outright if they could, but it'd probably be a big antitrust situation. We know that Sony confirmed that they do have a fourth movie planned with Tom Holland, a fourth Spider-Man solo movie. They didn't say what that movie's going to be, but after that is a big question mark, and it seems like it might actually be the last legit Tom Holland Spider-Man solo movie in the MCU, but not the end of Spider-Man in the MCU, and not the end of Spider-Man movies in general. So now you see why the concept of the Spider-Verse in Spider-Man 3 is so important for helping them set up the next 10 years of Spider-Man stories in general, not just Tom Holland's Spider-Man stories, but all Spider-Man related movies. Because you have the Sony movies, the Venomverse, Morbius, all the stuff they're trying to do with the Spider-Man characters that they control but that aren't in the MCU at this point. 
And you have other characters like Miles Morales that Marvel has already introduced in Spider-Man Homecoming, but they haven't really activated. Like, he's still kind of riding the bench, so to speak, from a story perspective. They haven't really turned him into a big, big character yet. When I also say they have some financial reasons for wanting to roll so hard on Spider-Verse, you have to think about it this way. Spider-Man Far From Home made over a billion dollars at the box office, and they had Avengers Endgame as the lead-in, which gave them a little bit of a bump. Sony is thirsty to make another billion plus dollars on Spider-Man 3, not less money. Like what would get your casual Spider-Man fan, not a super fan, but just a casual fan, way more excited to rush out and buy four tickets for his entire family to see that movie, bringing back Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and some of those other characters. And even though the memes are going to be off the charts and we'll be making all kinds of jokes about Tom Holland being a backup character in his own franchise when really this should be all about Tom Holland's MCU Spider-Man, Despite the rogues gallery of characters that they're piling into Spider-Man 3, most of those characters will probably just have very, very brief cameo scenes. There was even a rumor recently that they were trying to get Leonardo DiCaprio to cameo in the movie because at one time, before they made the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, James Cameron was going to make a Spider-Man trilogy and he was going to be James Cameron's Spider-Man. But this is way back in the 90s. It's just the concept of them trying to get as crazy with a live-action version of this as they did with the animated version. The animated Spider-Verse movie was great, so theoretically, if they can pull it off, the live-action version of that would be even cooler. And from a practical plot perspective, the next 10 years of Spider-Man, so to speak, Kevin Feige has already confirmed that Sony plans to cross over Tom Holland with Tom Hardy's Venom, and it would be a Sony movie, not an MCU movie. It's much easier for Sony to do all their universe building in the Venomverse with movies like Morbius, the other Venom sequels, Maximum Carnage, if they just say it's all happening in an alternate universe and use the Spider-Verse twist. Live-action Spider-Verse in Spider-Man 3 is also the easiest way to help set up the concept of Miles Morales' Spider-Man down the road so that they can do their own trilogy of movies with him. Who knows what they would call it? As long as they don't use home in the title, I'll be fine. But like I said, they still want to keep Tom Holland around for as long as possible because he's kind of like the new Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man character. Spider-Man as a character is probably one of the most important characters to Marvel's identity in the history of Marvel Comics. They even put his face on every single comic that they shipped for a good long while. He is also one of the few characters who remembers everything that happened before Avengers Infinity War. He was there for that, and he'll be there for all the stuff that happens after Avengers Endgame. So he's sort of the bridge between the Marvel Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3 stuff, and all the stuff that's coming in the future with Marvel Phase 4, and eventually X-Men, Fantastic Four stuff. So he brings this point of view perspective that's invaluable to the storytelling going forward. So solid chance that he cameos in the next Fantastic Four movie with John Watts because they've been working together for so long. Then after that, he just starts coming back for the big, big crossovers like Avengers 5 and then potentially coming back to help mentor a young version of MCU Miles Morales once they eventually introduce that character. And I think one of the few changes that they'll probably wind up making is that they'll find a way to introduce Miles Morales without killing off Tom Holland's main MCU Spider-Man. Is it going to kill Spider-Man off as part of the ultimate Spider-Man origin story? It would probably be someone like Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, the older, world-weary versions of Spider-Man. But let me know in the comments, though, if they start using Spider-Man more like Iron Man, giving him more Avengers crossovers instead of solo movies after Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 4, which movies do you want to see him in? The Fantastic Four. Affirmative. And there's another who was a big help to me against Carnage and Venom. There's another team of superheroes that I've worked with before. Computer, bring me one of the X-Men. Which one? Good question. 
There should be a new Venom 2 trailer and a new Morbius trailer really soon. Morbius is still supposed to come out in March. There are a lot of Spider-Verse Easter eggs like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man suit in that. So hopefully we'll start to see what's going on with all these Spider-Verse Easter eggs really soon. There is supposed to be some special Marvel trailer event on New Year's in China. So hopefully some of that footage will make it online. Whatever they wind up releasing, I'll do videos for. So as long as you have alerts enabled for my channel, you should see all those videos when I post them. I'll be doing WandaVision weekly episodes really soon too. That'll start in a couple weeks. While you wait for everything, click here for that new Marvel Fantastic Four teaser that Kevin Feige released recently. And click here for that brand new WandaVision trailer and big Marvel X-Men Easter eggs. Thank you so much for watching. Everyone stay safe. Happy New Year. Let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? And our second main topic today gets submitted to us by James Bond. Oh, good on you, James Bond. And James Bond writes, Hey, John. Four MCU movies, uh, theatrical at any rate, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man 3, are releasing in 2021. Hopefully. How do you rank these movies based on your anticipation? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And look, I'm not going to sit here and do a ranking of them, but it is an interesting collage of films, right? When you're looking at Shang-Chi, Eternals, Black Widow, Spider-Man. These are like four pretty different kinds of movies for Marvel. And it's good that you mentioned that Spider-Man 3 is an MCU movie, not a Marvel movie, because those are two different things. But we've got four very different films coming out. So which one do I think is going to be the best movie of the four MCU films coming out this year? Uh, I'm not going to give a rank or anything. I'll, I'll just tell you which one I think is going to be best and why right now I believe this one will be best. Let's look at a couple of them right now, first of all. Let's look at Shang-Chi. I am so excited about Shang-Chi, especially when I found out that one of the stars of one of my absolute favorite shows on television right now, Kim's Convenience, uh, is going to star, uh, Simu Liu, I believe his name, is going to star, a uh, good Canadian kid, in Shang-Chi. Very excited about that. That's awesome. Also, the director of the film, see if I can bring this up here. The director of Shang-Chi is a guy by the name of uh, Destin Creighton. I hope I, I never know if I'm, mis if I'm pronouncing his name right, but he also directed a fabulous film that I saw not too long ago called Just, Murphy, uh, Just, uh, Just Mercy with Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan. Terrific movie, beautifully directed. This is a director who knows how to tell a really good narrative using really good deep characters. Fantastic. So when you can get a director to bring those types of sensibilities to a movie, there's a lot to be excited about. Not to mention just the nature of the character carries a lot of promise for a lot of great action, a lot of great stuff. I am very, 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 very excited for Shang-Chi. Is it number one? Do I think that's the one that's going to be the best one yet? No, not necessarily. I'm not, pu I'm not putting my money on that one, but I am very excited about it. All right, then let's look at another one. Uh, the ones that's supposed to come out next which is, of course, Black Widow. Now, Black Widow, you guys know for me, uh, there are two characters in the MCU that I kind of feel the same way about, and that is Hawkeye and Black, and Black Widow. These are two characters that I love in the MCU 
when they're in, when they're part of an ensemble, right? When they're in Avengers movies or Civil War movies, when Hawkeye and Black Widow are in the mixed in the MCU movies, I think they're terrific characters. I love them. But I have never, and you guys may have heard me say this before, I've never really been all that interested in solo Hawkeye or Black Widow movies. I think they're terrific in the MCU, but I've never been interested in seeing them doing solo stuff. And, you know, maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I, I don't know. However you want to take it. But uh, that's just how I kind of feel about it. That being said, the trailers for Black Widow, while I don't think have blown the doors off, I think they've been pretty solid. I think they've been pretty solid. And you can't help, you know, but by at least be a little bit intrigued by the casting. I mean, the casting looks terrific. Scarlett Johansson obviously is Scarlett Johansson. So what what more do you need to say about that? Florence Pugh, who we know is going to be in several of the other MCU shows. So clearly this Black Widow movie is going to be a launching point for uh, Yelena. This is obviously going to be a launching point for her. But then you've got like Oscar caliber Rachel Weiss in there. She's amazing. I love her. And then you got David Harbour in there. Now, David Harbour was just Hellboy, and that movie absolutely sucked. But I still like David Harbour. And I've re- the thing I've liked about the Black Widow trailers the most have actually been um, uh, the David Harbour stuff as her dad. That, that's as the Russian Captain America, basically. That is the parts of the trailer I have loved the most. So while I have never been all that interested in a Black Widow movie, I will say I am I am looking forward to this. I, and it's not to mention how long have we been waiting for it. So in general, it is one I'm looking forward to. But it is not the one that I'm guessing right now or anticipating will be the best one of the bunch. All right. Let's look at another one then. Let's look at one that uh, was supposed to, another one that's supposed to be in theaters already. And maybe the most impressive cast lineup out of any of the ones that are on this list right now. Let's talk about the Eternals. So Eternals is to me, the next guardians of the galaxy, if you will, you know, Marvel and Kevin Feige rolled the dice in a huge way. They took a huge risk doing guardians of the galaxy, this weird ensemble of random characters that very few people outside of hardcore comic book readers had ever even heard of or know anything about. And this was in the midst when the MCU was doing things like, you know, Captain um, Captain America and Iron Man and Thor and, do, and Hulk and having these things. And then they came out and did Guardians of the Galaxy. Eternals, to me, represents that next big roll of the dice. Because again, like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's a bunch of characters that for the most part, the average mainstream movie audience has never heard of the Eternals, don't know any of the characters in the Eternals and any of that stuff. So it kind of represents, and it's on a different level, right? It's a very cosmic level, not really rooted in the types of issues we've seen in the MCU so far. So it kind of represents that next level of gamble for them. But they're bringing all the big guns to bear because when you look at the cast of Eternals, you're talking major, major talent. Obviously, number one, right off the top, the headliner of the movie is Angelina Jolie. Who would have ever thought Angelina Jolie was going to do a comic movie? Even after watching, guys, help me out in the live chat. What's the name of the movie she's in again where she bends the bullets? With She's in with James McAvoy. And, and by the way, uh, 
Chris Pratt is in that movie too. What's the name of the one where she wanted? Thank you, Omar and Richard and Nay wanted, right? Where she, by the way, a lot of people forget Chris Pratt's in that movie too. A lot of people forget Chris Pratt's in that movie. He's hilarious in that movie. Very small role, but he's funny in it. Uh, by the way, I like Wanted. I know a lot of ma- people make fun of, you know, the loom of fate. I don't care. I thought that was fun. I like Wanted. I always wanted, uh, no pun intended, I always wanted a Wanted sequel. I, I they, they talked for a long time about getting a Wanted sequel, by the way. Oh, and thank you to SMJ for throwing in a Super Chat badge in the live chat. Thank you so much for that, SMJ. Thanks for supporting the channel, dude. Um, I've always wanted a Wanted sequel anyway. Even after Wanted, you never really thought Angelina Jolie would do a comic book movie, but here she is. But listen to the rest. Gemma Chan. If you guys don't really know Gemma Chan, like you know she was in Captain Marvel and she's playing a totally different character now because in Captain Marvel, she was all in makeup. You didn't recognize her anyway. Gemma Chan, I first became really, I took notice of Gemma Chan in Crazy Rich Asians. She is one of the male or female stupidly ridiculous ridiculously gorgeous creatures walking the face of the earth like male or female i don't care like when she comes on screen and crazy rich asians like everything stops like this girl is just insanely beautiful i really liked her in that movie as well of course we saw her in captain marvel and that was cool and everything but we go back look at this cast so we got angelina jolie Gemma chan selma hayek is in it hello then you've got your game of thrones reunion You've got Richard Madden and Kit Harrington, So, you know, you've got the Starks back t- together there. Uh, Richard Madden's been really hot lately, as a matter of fact. Kumail Nagiani, who I adore. I love Kumail Nagiani, even if his Stuber movie completely sucked. But whatever, I love him. Uh, so you got Kumail Nagiani in there. Uh, Brian Henry, who I adore. I've, I just, I never was never really familiar with him before Atlanta. Really started to like him in Atlanta. I mean, this is a killer cast. An absolutely killer cast on this whole cosmic level. And uh, Armando sends in a super chat badge as well in the live chat. Thank you, Armando. Um, Just an absolutely ridiculously killer cast, top to bottom. uh, Galactic scale stuff. There's whispers about maybe even a young Thanos being in it. Because this is a story, Kevin Feige says, is going to span thousands of years. It's going to span thousands of years, this one movie. So... And for those who know the comics, there is a connection with Thanos there. So there, there's some whispers we might even see a younger version of Thanos at some point. Whether they do or don't, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about it. I know Eternals is Robert Meyer Burnett's like most anticipated movie when it comes to all the comic book movies. He's most looking forward to this one. Um, but it is still not the one that I'm guessing or predicting will be the best one out of the MCU bunch coming in 2021. Although I am very much looking forward to it. So that only leaves us with one more, which makes it kind of obvious which movie I am most looking forward to. And the one that I think will be the best. And right now that is Spider-Man 3. Now, the main reason, and this isn't a very exciting reason. It's just a very basic common sense reason. The main reason I think right now that I have, I'd be willing to put down two bucks on betting that Spider-Man 3 will be the best of those movies is simply this. We know what we're getting with it. We've already had two Spider-Man movie, movies directed by the same guy, by Watts, who's going to be directing the Fantastic Four movie, by the way. 
Spider-Man Homecoming was fantastic. I loved it. Spider-Man Far From Home was not quite as good, but still very, very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. We've got the wonky bonkersness of having Doc Ock back uh, with Molina coming back. We got Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro. There are still rumors. We'll still call them rumors at this point. There are still rumors, although, I mean, it's looking fairly certain that we are going to see uh, McGuire and... uh, Uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield back as well. We know that it's going to be tied into WandaVision and the upcoming Doctor Strange movie, all that guy. So there's a lot of things, unlike Shang-Chi, which we don't right now have a real, I mean, we don't have any sample size yet. This is the first Shang-Chi movie. So we're going to see what we get. A lot of excitement. Sure. Black Widow. And, you know, I've got my apprehensions about about Black Widow, but the trailers have looked good. Eternals, again, it's an unknown quantity. It's an unknown, it's an unknown um, uh, element right now, no pun intended. We don't know what we're getting with it yet. But with Spider-Man 3, we know the director, we've seen this cast, they have made Spider-Man movies before, and we know their quality. So right now, if I had to put down two bucks to make my guess as to which will be the best movie out of this group. Right now, the one thing I, th- I have the biggest sample size of and I feel most comfortable with is Spider-Man 3. Now, that doesn't mean Shang-Chi or Eternals or even Black Widow can't come out and surprise us and blow the, and, you know blow Spider-Man 3 out of the water. But right now, that's where I'm at. But it is an exciting year. It is an exciting year. If we do indeed get to this light at the end of the tunnel, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. And then there's all the Disney Plus stuff on top of that. Let's see what DC and the folks at Warner Brothers are able to roll out. A lot of people very excited about the Justice League miniseries coming to HBO, the Snyder Cut. A lot of people excited about that. I mean, this could be a great year. But then again, we thought that at the beginning of 2020, we saw how that turned out. But hope's alive for now. Let's hope for the best. Let's believe in the best. Guys, the question is, out of the MCU offerings that we're getting in 2021, apparently, which one do you think will be the best film? Jump down into the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. Okay, guys.